It is the Incredible Hulk podcast and a new Wait, era. Wait, what? That's well, I thought that's what you wanted to do. No, I'm not <laughs> subjugating myself to your podcast. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Especially when I'm recording the damn thing. That's not what we're doing. We're in my studio. Okay, I'll try. You want me to try it again? I don't care what you try. Rename the damn thing. It is Way of the Warrior, okay. Eric Hulkerin, along with Ken Evans, covering everything in the world of mixed martial arts. And this week um, is arguably the biggest week in mixed martial arts in a recent time. And I, I kind of want to I want to jump in and I want to ask you. It's about, the biggest it's the biggest week of 2018. 100%. But I've unequivocally I've been listening to a lot of things and which I want to get your take on. So. People have been calling this the biggest fight in mixed martial arts, right? With clearly some hyperbole mm-hmm. and then some sort of uh, thought banked up into it. Dana White is t- that they're on pace to do three million pay-per-views, which I think is clinically insane. But you don't think they can do three? I do not think this will do three. No, okay. I don't. Do you, you think it'll do three? I'm not sure. I, I just I don't think that's way out of the realm of possibility. Connor's always been a two million kind of guy, and I think he's only gotten bigger since the flight with Floyd Mayweather, and the fact that he's been gone, absence, heart, all that stuff. It does make it grow fonder. Um, I don't know. So, but here's the thing: when you look at the biggest fights in MMA history, we're talking about tens of millions of viewers, right? And so. Mm-hmm. When people say that, guys, you got to understand they're not just talking about pay-per-view numbers. They're talking about BT Sports. They're talking about global audiences. And, and this all combines to, in order for this to be the f- biggest fight in MMA history, needs to hit about f- hmm. your thoughts on Where's that number from? So there's a couple of events that have happened in Japan that have hit 54 million viewers. So if we're talking about... Like the New Year's Eve back in the Pride days? Right, like yeah. Like, well, and when it. you're dealing with Sky and all the things where there's not a pay-per-view model, which is what I'm talking about, when we lump everything together, so BT Sports is essentially like a cable network overseas, mm-hmm. Will we? do you think we'll hit plus 50 million watching this? Well, I mean, no. I mean, just just simply because of the, the way that the dynamic is set up, I think is a lot different than if we're going to go to one of those Japan shows. That was a... I mean, those were pay-per-views on free TV in Japan, so... And they were Japanese based, so you've got that whole country, which basically sure. tilted the whole thing. This is easily going to be one of the biggest MMA fights we've seen in a long time. And I mean, as far as star power and what historically has been happening in the UFC over the past couple of years, yeah, it's pretty big, biggest of all time. I don't know. I mean, numbers wise, probably not going to hit that, but still, it's going to be pretty big. And I imagine the European numbers are going to be pretty solid as well. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think we need as much hyperbole as we're getting in this fight. I think I just want to see the fight. I think there's a great way to just kind of sell this fight as a fight. I mean, obviously, we've got a lot of the ancillary things going on and the fact that we were talking about the bus and so-and-so didn't want to get off the bus and all those type of things. I mean, yeah, I mean, who's going to get off a bus and go fight a guy with a hand truck? I mean, that that's stupid, but, right. I mean, it's all part of what we've got now. We're not 100% surprised by the fact that things have kind of gone that way. It's a big fight. I mean, I think trying to make it the biggest fight ever and saying those things that are going to get people wound up about it, I think is a bad way to try to promote this fight. Yeah, it's one of the biggest fights ever. Clearly the biggest fight of 2018. Maybe the biggest fight we've seen since Connor fought last time. I mean, you you had your super fight this year. You had two guys, Stipe and DC. Daniel Cormier, get in the cage and fight each other, both champions in their division, and we couldn't break 500,000 pay-per-view buys. You couldn't do it. So this is very big, and this is a big deal this weekend that Conor McGregor is back in the cage. 
So let me ask you this. Did you, um, as a bit of an aside to kind of lead up to where my head is at, did you watch Bellator this weekend? No. Okay, so I did. Oh, wait. Yes, I did. I've forgotten about it already. Well, so I I wanted to talk to you about it. That was the Silva and Rampage fight. Yes, because I really thought I... I thought the DAZN presentation was fun. I loved. Yeah, but you're not paying for that. You got your 30 days free, and you're going to go away. Uh, well, they're going to get nine dollars out of me because they get the two heavyweight fights back to back on DAZN in November. So they will get one. What are DAZN fights? So all of their pay per view, all of their fights end up on DAZN. So the the Mitrion, um I thought that was on uh, Paramount Network still. It's. I read today that it's going to stream on DAZN. So if it's including gonna... Paramount Network. I believe yes. Now you can look that up, but if that's true, they will get nine dollars from me. If that's not true, you're right. Because up. you're you're a cord cutter. Yes. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to get cable to watch those fights, but I want to watch those fights, and I'm glad. I'm more than happy to give you nine dollars. And this is a different conversation for maybe later in the show about this ability to dip in and dip out of subscription services. But all to say, it was the first time, Ken, this year that I watched an event. And had a really, really good time. Could the timing have been better? Yes. I didn't want to see the main event at 115. Yeah, I did not even make it to the main event. Um, but I thought the fights were fun. The energy was fun. The booking was fun. The way they, they kind of built these packages was fun. I woke up Sunday morning and went, okay, I'm ready for Khabib and Connor because I just had fun in MMA, which I hadn't mm-hmm. in a long time. Right. In a long, long time. And, and that's a great thing. I mean, I, I just I, I'd have to look closer because their website's not telling me, which means I got to get something together. Well, where, where I can see this. But if that's exclusively on DAZN, maybe. But I mean, I just don't see them keeping up on this. Oh, yeah, we've got a, we've got a nice little run right here with Bellator. But that tends to be Bellator's uh, game plan is they're going to be top of mind for like a month. And then they're going to float away for like three or four months and then top of mind again. And hey, we've got this big thing here and we've got this other thing happening. Then they float away. I just I can't see something that limited because I looked at it getting most people to pay nine ninety nine a month, especially as we see cable rates dropping. Yes. And packages. I mean, I've told you before on the show, my cable package is now down to basically 20 something dollars and it authorizes all kinds of channels and all kinds of standalone streams. And if I've got to pay another nine ninety nine. I'm not going to do it for just one or two fight events. And I do not disagree. What I liked about it, right, because it was a free 30 days to watch the thing. It's a great, it's a great marketing trick to get you into the ecosystem. And Gee, I, walked, I wonder who started that. And I right. And I walked into this and went when they bring the three main event card fights out, right? They bring out um Rory and Musasi, and they bring mm-hmm. out Rampage and Vanderlei, and they bring out Douglas Lima. And the guy whose name escapes me that he fought like that old school pride stuff where they bring him out right before the card starts. They shake hands and then they walk backstage and boom, fight number one start like I it was just fun. It was we didn't do 45 minutes of an Assassin's Creed commercial that we're going to get on Saturday. Right. Because that's one of the sponsors. There's going to be 20 minutes of proper 12 commercials in that after you pay $70. Like I just I thought this is what I this is the feeling I had last Saturday night that I hope continues to this Saturday night was the feeling I had 20 years ago when there's four events a year and we're getting together in large groups to watch these Mm pay-per-views and that's my feeling heading into this so I don't I don't need to be told three million and let's be honest I just looked it up Diaz McGregor two did 1.7 so you I mean 
that's a leap to do another one and a half million human beings. Um, I I I, th- I think it's something we could see, but I mean, I'm not. That's again, I, that I I just don't understand why you would throw a number out there. I don't understand that either, because again, leading into this week, I don't need it. I'm right. I'm like excited about the sport. I'm excited about the under. I mean. Are you kidding me? Ferguson and Pettis? Yes. Give mm-hmm. that to me all day long. You know, there's just a lot to be excited and about. And the fact that, you know, and the fact that we've already heard from Connor saying he'll fight anybody on this card, essentially. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, that was obviously a lot of the talk about uh, what was going on when they laid this card out. I mean, it is Thursday. We should be past any training injuries. I don't know if we've got any uh, cable cords that Tony Ferguson's got to look out for. Uh, no interviews, hopefully, for him. They just stapled him in front of the UFC banner, and they have to come to him. They stapled to the, him. Seems like a bad idea. They have to bring the cameras to him. They bring the cameras to him. Okay, so here's a little bit of what Connor has to say. Uh, he said this at the presser, talking about uh, what he's going to do to Khabib Nurmagomedov. Let's take a listen to this. <laughs> So he's going to take his head off, and it's going to be a first-round KO, Eric. Uh, I don't disagree at all. No. No, because, like, big layoff, almost, what, 18 months? Did we do the math? I always forget the math we did. It is around 18 months. Somebody told me there would be no math. Well, this isn't technically math. It's just looking at a calendar. So (laughs) I hate you. um, You know, it's it's 18 months, and I think, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think if it's any other fighter, you look back at, and you point out this a lot because mm-hmm. um, it shows how it affects some people differently than others. If you look back and go to Ken's favorite fight to point out ring rust, John Jones OSP. Oh, yeah. It's a terrible, terrible, the worst hands down John Jones fight you will ever see in your adult life. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, remember, well, you know, you want to you want to joke about crying Daniel Cormier. He was almost crying after that fight because he wanted to get his hands on that John Jones so bad. Right. I mean, he he wanted that John Jones, uh, and I, he would he would have murdered that John Jones. So it's going to be interesting to see here. Um, two years, actually, Eric. I forgot it was November. But then you look at a guy like Dominic Cruz, who comes back from his huge layoff and destroys his opponent in a round and a half. Right? Well, here's your here's your other example too, and I know it's a little farther out there. Probably one of the best of all time, GSP. Yes, being able to do what he did. You know, is McGregor of that level? Yep. You think so? 100%. Hmm. And I, I'm not discounting Khabib Nurmagomedov. However, the thing that haunts me, Ken. Haunts and, you? And, well, when you look at this fight, like, when you. You're taking this way too serious. <laughs> I might be taking this one way too serious. Well, because, haunts me. Because there's, there's, if you're a fan of this sport, there's a lot on the line this weekend. And we'll talk about it in a second. UFC 230 is a joke. An absolute joke. Wait a minute. Hang on. No, hold on. You go ahead. So, like, there's a lot on the line this weekend to grab casual fans into the fray. You texted me last weekend, hey, are we getting together? And I said, I'm gathering some friends. You're like, friends who know the sport or (laughs) friends who don't have any idea what's going on? No, uh, there's always a a guy at Eric's party because he's very friendly. He doesn't know how to say no to people. I do not. Uh, He's I'm going to pay $70 for this. You want to come over and and, and just mooch off my food in my pay-per-view and you let everybody in. And there's always a guy at Eric's party. He's like, why are they laying on each other? Yep. It's still. We've been doing this 25 years at this point. (laughs) I could still find that guy. Why are they laying on each other? Where do you find these people? (laughs) 
Literally, so, that's why Eric sold and moved a couple years back because he ran out of people in that neighborhood who would go, "Hey, wh- why are they lying on each other?" Who didn't understand the sport? So why, why but, are they lying on each other? So the thing that that haunts me about this fight is like if you look at the line, Khabib's a favorite. Currently, the line last night was one fifty negative one fifty five to plus one twenty five. Yeah, Khabib is the favorite. Um, and I just look if you look at the resumes. It's hard for me to look at Connor as the underdog mm-hmm. because if you look at the resumes, we're not even talking about in the same league. Let's remember that Nurmagomedov won the belt by fighting a real estate agent on an hour's notice. I didn't know he sold real estate. Ally Quinta, that's literally all he does. Is sell, I didn't know that. Yeah, Interesting. You know, so that's how he wins the belt. Meanwhile, Connor starches Jose Aldo in the best run in the featherweight division in its history, mm-hmm. knocks out a guy who hasn't been beaten in a decade. Sounds familiar? I bet it does. Mm-hmm. Then moves up to 170 to fight Nate Diaz, has problems in that first fight, and somehow, some way, Ken, figures out a way to nullify all of it in the second fight. Yeah, and stays up at that weight, too, when a lot of people were saying, hey, you can go back to 155 if you want. He said, no, I want to beat the guy who beat me at 170 Figures at 170. in the very next fight. Yeah, not just the next fight. Let's remember that. We're talking about long layoffs. That was three and a half months right. later. Three and a half March, months later. March, April, May, June. Oh, I'm sorry. It was five months later. But still, they he fought in March, fought in August, and that's how quick that happened. Got taken down and choked out, and five months later, that guy can't do any of that stuff to him. No. Goes down to 55, starches Alvarez. If you look at who he has fought, he and we've said this for the 10 years we've done this show, so it's a bit of a cliche, but he has fought the who's who at these divisions. Nurmagomedov has not, right? No, no, you're 100% right. He has right not. There. Well, that's not the other thing, too, and some people just tend to forget it. And I, I, you know, I know he's had a little bit, bit of a couple of bumps since the fight, but let's not forget he beat Chad Mendez, who everybody into that going into that fight, including me, picked Chad Mendez. On short notice, because Jose dropped notice. out of that. Yep. I was like, no way. There's no way Connor can handle it. He can't handle the wrestling. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Beat him. And, uh, you know, that's that's a legit way to start this run here. And I think that's the reason Connor's always had so much confidence, too, is because everybody in the world was saying no freaking way are you going to be Chad Mendez especially on short notice you're not ready for him this is the guy that they've been protecting you against you know you didn't have to fight a guy like this you're going to go out and get starched so that's one thing man nothing helps your confidence better than believing you can do something everybody telling you you can't do it and then you go do it which is exactly what happened in that Chad Mendez fight and which is what the, got the ball rolling and hell which is what kept him in a boxing ring for 10 I would, rounds I was just going to say boxer I, in the world I forgot to mention he fought the best boxer on the planet and didn't get knocked out for 10 rounds right it wasn't even bruised or bloody so it's hard for me and again I will be the first to concede that Nurmagomedov is a better wrestler than Chad Mendez I will concede that point, but it's hard for me to look at this and go, I don't, I don't know that ring rust is going to be a thing for this guy because I think he's literally been locked in a gym somewhere training for this the entire time. Well, except that day he was at the bus depot. and uh... Except for that flight he took to the bus <laughs> depot and the court proceedings after that. But my point is, I, don't, I think Connor, the thing that Connor's been very good at is marketing himself in very specific directions at specific times. Putting out photos of him drinking and partying to make you think, like, that's all he does is drink and party and drive around in his cars. Putting, right, like, well, it's very much the money. Mayweather, tell me he hasn't learned from that dude. Yep. You, you and I, uh, we, we were very lucky at, at a point in our career where we were kind of 
really paying attention to Floyd Money Mayweather. And we got really close to a lot of the people around him. And we kind of got to see what kind of uh, athlete he was and what he was doing. And a lot of the stuff you would see from Floyd Money Mayweather on Instagram, on the 24-7s, was not the Floyd we were hearing about when you would actually talk to the people. Like, dude, that guy's in the gym all day. Yeah. Like, he goes out for an hour, takes a thousand pictures. You think he's partying all night. And that's just part of his game. And then he goes back to the gym. Right. right? You know, and he calls this cryo guy at 3 in the morning who shows up because Floyd pays him $8,000 to go into a chamber at 3 in the morning because he doesn't stop working out. And, you know, I will tell you one thing, man. Those two, again, were partners. As much as they promoted that fight, let's not forget they were flying together going to these pressers. They learned a lot from each other. And I think Connor learned a ton from Floyd Mayweather. And this is part of it too. Yeah. If you think this guy hasn't been training, hasn't been getting ready for this fight and isn't amped up about getting back to do what he does. That's the other thing too. Let's not forget as well as he did against Floyd. That's not what he does. I mean, there's something fulfilling about doing what you do and being a part of it and being able to go in and do what you're good at. And that's what Floyd, or excuse me, that's what Connor's going to get to do once again. He's going to get to go in and he's going to perform in MMA. Well, and, you know, and uh, it's funny as I'm looking, I was trying to look at the layoff, how long Floyd was off before he fought Connor. Um, and to make your point, the story. At the top of the Google News feed today from USA Today is that yesterday Floyd flew to Iceland to take pictures and flew back. Yes, he did it. On, he did it for the gram. I'm actually very familiar with this story. <laughs> he did it for the gram. He flew a private plane to take a picture of the Blue Lagoon and then flew home. So all for the gram. So, like, which, by the way, those of you waiting for Floyd to fight again, it's going to happen soon because he's spending that money. Yep. Well, and, you know, and that's what there's been a couple of people asking Connor in the media that he's been doing with guys like Ariel, um, like, is that on the table? And one of the things that is on the table is some sort of rumored MMA changed rules bout between these two, or he goes back to boxing. You know, he's talked about going up to 165 to start that Nate Diaz weight class that Nate Diaz and Poirier tried to start for UFC 230. <laughs> on Twitter. Um, <laughs> you know, so... They sign the guy to a six-fight deal that's upwards of nine figures. Like, they know where their bread is buttered. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy. Here's here's why I'm so high on the guy is when you watched him lose to Nate Diaz, he didn't walk. He didn't shun media. He didn't interview instantaneously after Mm -hmm. with the UFC to say, better man tonight. I think I got this figured out. I'm going to go do some things, and I'm going to be back. Mm -hmm. Like, even when he loses, he wins, right? We right. talked about it when it happened. Like Ronda Rousey had to change professions after she lost. Well, right. I, th- I, you know, I, I think that's a different situation. It, it, but my point is this: when you lose and you're in dominance, you're John Jones, you're Ronda Rousey, you're Conor McGregor, you're George St. Pierre. Like when you lose, there's only two options: you either figure out a way to get back and continue to perform, or you crack under the pressure. And he has not seemingly cracked under either of his losses. The mm-hmm. one loss that netted him over $100 million. The other loss that netted him the ability to take apart Nate Diaz four and a half months later. And set up a fight that's always going to be money and waiting to go. Yeah. So I mean, that's the other thing, too. No matter what happens with Conor McGregor, that fight is still sitting there. Yep. And, you know, Nate Diaz knows that as well. That's probably why he's trying to create his own belt so we can have another belt. 
Um, I, I, you know, I'd like to see 165, but I mean, you can't have 165 and 170. So you're no, gonna have you to, can't. you're gonna have to figure out some major change here with what's going on with Tyron Woodley and uh, anybody else in that division at this point. So let me get your thoughts on. I mean, you seem surprised that I'm so high on Connor. Are you thinking this is? No, like- I'm not surprised you're you're high on Connor. I, I, I was taken aback earlier when you were talking about 230, uh, because I thought for sure you're still on your conspiracy theory train that John Jones is going to make his way onto that card at some point, which after hearing what the main event is, I'm believing more and more, even though it's not been announced. It, ha- I mean, so it's one of, this is my, this is why this weekend is so important. It's one of two things. Either it's proof positive that their model doesn't work. Putting a title fight at the top of everything you do won't work because you got to do crazy stuff like this. And, or Gus and Jones is sitting in a back room somewhere and you're going to announce it tomorrow at the weigh-ins or today at the press conference, right? right? Because there's no way guys just to, for some level setting, if you haven't been paying attention because it's been a lot of Connor and we'll get back to Connor here in a second, UFC 230 is headlined by Valentina and a fighter you've never heard of, which might sound familiar because, because this is what happened literally four months ago when they stripped the champ you'd never heard of because she couldn't make weight and killed the fight. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the fact that you might have heard of this uh, happening, uh, somebody you'd never heard of fighting for a title because this is what happened last time they were in New York. <laughs> this is what happened. I New mean, York both, is getting screwed here. Both of those things are true. Um, yeah, Joanna Janjercek expected to be fighting. She signed a contract. That's the thing and that's insane. doing a women's... Here's the other thing. Look, I don't want I think jo- Joanna got a little bit screwed here, it sounds like. I-, I haven't looked that deeply into it. Regardless of if she would have been on this card or not, that's not a championship uh, card that should be headlining in Madison Square Garden. And this is going to be really interesting to see as we move ahead. I mean... John Jones certainly makes it interesting on the card, and uh, I know you posted that you you're down for him and Gus. I don't care. I mean, I I, mean, I went over this enough last week. Yeah, I, and we, and we don't we don't need to do that. I, I just, certainly think you can fill your card out if you want to. I'm more interested in Poirier and Diaz. I mean, that's a fun fight. But again, yes. we talk about pricing and we talk about business a lot more on this show than other shows because I think it really affects what happens in our perception of everything because we're literally going to spend sixty four ninety nine sixty nine ninety nine this weekend. Yep. I looked at the pricing. It was right in that zone. So that's what I'm going to spend this weekend. That's what you're going to spend. Either or together, however it's spent. Sure, it doesn't It doesn't matter that in, you know, three weeks, four weeks, four three weeks. or four weeks, we are both, man, I can't wait to see Poirier Diaz. You want to spend 70 bucks? Nope. Figure it out, man. Tear this stuff, UFC. It's easy, man. Well, and especially, so let's pretend. Especially when you talk, let's go back to your DAZN talk at the beginning of the show. Especially when you've got an app, when you've got the ability to go, you know what? These are numbered. Stop making these pay-per-view deals with these distributors where everything's got to be $70, man. Well, and the one thing that I loved, I mean, of the the lot of things that I loved about DAZN, the one thing that I loved, specific to your deals discussion, and I understand that the UFC can't fix this in hindsight, but being able to just put the app on and every fight was on the app. I didn't have to change anything. It just ran. Yeah. Right? For six and a half yeah, hours. Yeah, you didn't have to go on FS1 in the United States. Yeah. If you're in Canada, tune in, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, all nope, that I BS. Just, I just went Xbox app, go to the zone, watch the thing. When I'm done, turn it off. And then here's the thing that I know Ken loves that you can't actually do on some of these platforms anymore that you could. I got up the next morning and could rewatch the 
Musashi Oh, no, fight. I 100% love that. I mean, and, and you know, I'm a wrestling fan, so I like to do that. Yeah. I was home a couple of weeks ago on a Friday night, and there, oh, God, I can't even remember the name of the company. I'd have to look it up on my app. But I, I recognized a couple wrestlers on the indie scene. Okay. It was literally $9, and I'm sitting at home on a Friday. You know what? I gave them my $9 because I could then watch it, and even though I get up at 4.30 in the morning, I got a little tired around 11. I went to bed. I came back, and I watched it the next morning. Yep. And like you said, you you have to chase UFC too hard to do that if you don't have a traditional DVR system. Correct. And and as more people are, it doesn't matter how cheap they make cable, more people are cord-cutting, you know, it becomes less. Well, even my cheap cable. I don't have a DVR. That's why it's so cheap. This is what I'm saying. So why like, can't I just download the damn thing in the morning? Yes. I can watch Better Call Saul the next morning after it airs the night before the biggest show on cable right now yep and the next biggest show is coming back in a week i'll be able to do the same thing the walking dead but i can't do it with these live sporting events it doesn't make any sense that's not going to take away from the live factor and i know that that's what they're trying to protect but the wwe gets away with it their live sporting events again the next morning i can watch them well but what i don't understand though with that debate is okay i understand you don't want people to whatever I don't. I guess I don't understand that part. But if I've already given you seventy dollars, why can't I do whatever I want with the content? Right, and I told you that's why. And, and I don't remember how YouTube works now, but that's why I always bought them on YouTube because it was the easiest platform. Because Google knows their shit, and <laughs> you know it was the easiest platform to stop. Go ahead. Next morning, if I missed a fight or something along the lines, I jumped in late. I want to watch this, but I'm not staying up till three to watch it. Yep. If I want to, you know, that see that's another thing too. I mean, you talk about ease of use, reducing friction. Always the big thing, uh, cr- doesn't matter what you're doing in the world, reducing friction is what you need to remember. Uh, YouTube reduced friction for me because I would watch the pre-show, post-conference, or the post-show, press-conference. All of that was on YouTube, essentially. Yeah. I was I was still in the app, and I'd have to bounce to another video, but I didn't have to go, well, i got to go dig out FS1 now and figure go out where that is. Go to Fight Pass for three fights. Come to FS1 right. for oh, three gonna fights. Oh, he's going to do an interview for this. i got to go to this thing. and right. then, Yeah, that's all BS. And for pay-per-view nights, YouTube was pretty good. But still, glitchy as far as where are the prelims, where is this, where are the other things. Right. And, you know, that's as we go on to UFC 230, you know, if they are keeping this Eubanks-Shevchenko fight as as the main event, you can't expect somebody to give you $70 for that. And number one, that. Number two, it's another tough alum no one has ever heard of, which is literally what we just did. See, right? and this is Montana where was a tough alum, won the title, went to defend it, couldn't make it because of a medical con- condition, stripped. Shevchenko doesn't fight, so she's ready to go. She signs with Jinjercheck for UFC 231. They go, mm, but we need a title fight at the top of 230. We're not do- doing this 165 thing. So, see, and I don't, here, I'm going to stop you just for a second. This is exactly what the problem is right yeah, now. No, I don't I know. know what you're talking about. I know. And I'm a fan, and I watch this, and I try to keep up, and I have no idea. I've always given Eric a lot of credit. He's got that very inside perspective. He's got that brain that can keep all this straight. I can't. I just want to have a good time. And this is what I'm saying. I had a great time on Saturday, and I'm excited to do it this week because everybody I know is talking about this fight. The only reason I'm bringing up this inside baseball for the next pay-per-view is that there's none of that. No one cares about UFC 230 after this is all over. So you bring, let's say you do 3 million pay-per-view buys, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, friends, is 2.5 million more than you've done all year. Mm Mm-hmm. You're just letting all those people leave your party? That and and that's the issue. You should, you know, here's another thing too, man. I 
I remember when UFC did this really cool thing, and this was, pl- and this is funny because as we talk about this, this kind of goes into our discussions over and over and over again about where these things are, outlets where you can find them. I remember I was so excited back when I had my PlayStation Three back in the day, and they still have the live events viewer. But I remember you'd go to PlayStation, and you know what they do? They would take a card like this. And they used to do it with John's cards, John Jones. They used to do it with Anderson Silva's cards. And they would start a three-pay-per-view package. Yes. And it would yeah, always yeah. start yes. with a John Jones pay-per-view or Anderson Silva. And it, they say, look, you're going to spend, and the pricing at that point was probably $50. You're going to spend 50 for this, or you're going to spend 99 for the next three. What do you want to do? You and I, you know, we w- I mean, we'd literally ask each other, hey, are you getting these? Because if not, I'll get the three at my house. So the next three are going to be at my house. Yep. The next three will be at your house if they're on Xbox or whatever it is. Th- why? That seems like the perfect. This seems like the perfect time to do that again, doesn't right it? Right now, yeah, it does. Because if you go, if you just did, like, they can't do this part, but pretend they could, right? If your thing was, if you buy UFC 229, 230, and 231 for 120 dollars, you get them at a discounted rate, right. right? The next two for a discounted rate and a coupon for a bottle of proper 12, right? Or like some sort of thing that is shirt for team Khabib or well, team basically, McGregor, I right? Mean, well, even that, even all you got to do is basically give me one free. And then that way my expectations are lower. And yeah, you know what? You're going to have a Yankee card, but I'm going to go, you know, Diaz Poirier's on that one. I'm going to watch it and then come back on the other end with a decent card. Yep. Doesn't have to be top of the line. I don't even know what's rumored for 31 right now. 31, I think, is like the Rockhold Weidman and... Um, no, Rockhold and Weidman are in New York because they don't have this card. They, they're This card is decent. Oh, they just don't Hollow- have a main event. Holloway Ortega. So that's okay. Like, if you were going to give me a three, a two for three deal or three for two deal, I'll take that right now. I would actually take that because you know what? It's funny you bring that fight up because Rockhold and Weidman are also on 230. Uh, the Souza fight, I love watching Ronaldo Souza. He's on that card. There's enough there to keep me interested if I'm not paying $70. Yeah, and and you you know the thing that they need to think about doing, and I'm not, I'm certainly, and you're not certainly the first person to say this, is if you get out of the I've got to have a title fight to have a pay-per-view model, these fights that you just read off, Mm-hmm. People will pay for them. They'll pay $30 for that. For Nate Diaz alone. I mean, th- that's the thing. When you've waited this long, and I don't know how much is the behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't know. Uh, this could be negotiation. Sure. You, you put Nate Diaz on a card, basically, that feels like it's not going to do great. You put him against a guy who's a solid opponent, but not going to draw with him. Like, a, am I too conspiracy theory to think that they're trying to drive Nate's price down a little bit? Putting him in this position? Because this isn't a great position for Nate Diaz. No, it's not. Um, and... If they drive his price down, I think that would be depending on what's next with Connor, right? It's just there's, dumb business. There's the rumor of GSP. There's the rumor of Anderson Silva. There's the rumor of Nate Diaz. There's rumor. There's lots of rumors about what's Tyrone next. Tyrone Woodley's been thrown in Woodley, there. So that's four of the next six that we could be doing, right? Um, one sixty-five. That'd be a hell of a way to kind of yes, do that. One sixty-five. Woodley make, McGregor. It, it would make a ton of sense why they're not going to do it on this terrible card after two twenty-nine, right? <laughs> um, my point being why you would want to drive his price down intentionally when you're going to use him, if you are, to launch 65 seems silly. Um, We've but as, seen weird crap out of the UFC, well, though, man. Yeah, I mean, like... I, and know. again, overall, I'm a Dana fan, but you have heard things like this before I mean, in negotiations. The, and, the tweets floating around this morning of the redacted no. conversations about... Uh, um, 
Gil Melendez? Hang on, let me see if I can. No, I always like when I accidentally stumble into things without preparing. So I just saw. Think about the Gil Melendez stuff this morning, Eric. (laughs) Well, I saw it this morning. Hang on, or give me a second to find it. But I mean, Dana White's had a reputation where he gets mad at a fighter. I mean, Tito Ortiz, he built essentially a rivalry with that dude about, you know, you're not worth this. The brand is worth this. Back and forth, back and forth. Best fighter on the planet ever can't draw a dime when he talks about Demetrius Johnson and decides that Demetrius Johnson's not worth a damn until he decides he is again. So there's been a lot of back and forth like that. And I'm looking at this i'm like man this is essentially nate diaz's return too it's been a long time since we've seen nate diaz because i remember when he fought connor um and lost i mean again this is going to be nate's return so it's we just talked about connor's math earlier this is two years except nate didn't box dana white said oh i don't know if we'll ever see nate fight again he made so much money tonight well he is fighting again shouldn't it be a bigger deal than some weird afterthought on your crazy disaster of a ufc 230 card i think it should be so here's the here's the conversation between this was redacted this week in court documents um, redacted. And it's between Dana White and one of the Fertitas that's been redacted. So you don't see which one. You just know that it's Dana White. This is Dana White, bro. You know, I love you to death um, as it is. But what you pulled off this week with Melendez and that other dude is badass cutthroat, nasty business. Um, Dana continues. It's like what you see in movies. Good shit, homie. Congrats. Uh, they respond to Dana. We got to keep taking these guys oxygen until they tap out. We've sacrificed too much to let anyone get traction now. Dana's response. I agree with you 100% correct, and I love it. Holy crap. That's exactly what I just said. Yes. Well, good job, Ken. So <laughs> That's insane. So my point is, like, this is what's happening in behind the scenes. Well, these and- are Vegas business guys, man. Yes. Well, and... Only one of them is left in the fray, right? The other two took the money and ran and right. left it in this business that is like driven it in the wrong direction or caught it at the bad time or whatever you want to talk about. Right. We're not in, and this is one of the things we've talked about with this show and why it'll be spotty at best. Yeah. Is like there's not enough going on in this sport that may or may not be healthy, air quotes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I said, if we do $3 million this weekend, we're going to do 250000 in four weeks. <laughs> You're high. Two hundred fifty thousand. Okay, we do a hundred thousand. That's looking at maybe a hundred. Okay, but which could I, work? Let me ask you a question, because we both work for corporations. If your corporation did an event and that event brought three million humans, they would go hooray. Yeah. And then you did the exact same event four weeks later, just slightly less headliners, mm-hmm. and it did a hundred thousand. They would go. Who who are we firing on Monday? Mm. Right? Yeah, that's very relatable. You know, they would not go. Well, I mean, just, just the, the roll of the dice, man. Some we just we're in a, a marathon. Not that's not what they would say. They no. would say we just did three million. Why didn't we do three million again? Well, let's. Uh, we don't want to start talking about saturation because that's a, that's another issue. Of course it is, and this this just speaks to it. Is if you took these cards and truncated them, when you have cards that has. Weidman, Diaz, Poirier, Souza, Rockhold. Rockhold on one card. And possibly Jinjercheck. And possibly Jinjercheck to be a backup to this fight she was already in. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's a huge fight. Not a $70 fight, but a fight MMA fans would watch if you put it on, I don't know, your $9 ESPN or Fight Pass app. Right. Totally. Exactly. Well, and I think your, I think your your subscriptions would go up too. You know, you're just playing the WWE game at that point. We want this many subscriptions, and we can ser- you. And you're still servicing ads. 
and you're still doing all of those things. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, but I do believe we've got one of the biggest fights we're going to see in a long time in the UFC. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Your official pick sounds like Connor in the first. Connor in the first is my official pick. Man, I'm looking at two years out of the cage, and I've heard all the things you've said and the, <laughs> the comparisons. To, I've listened to all the drivel that's come out of your mouth right, for the last half hour. For the last half hour, you've been talking. The GSP comparison, the Dominic Cruz comparison. I think Connor's going to win the fight. Round one? No. No, I think, I think you're going to see a little bit of explosiveness from Khabib. I think he's going to pressure Connor at first. I don't think he's going to be able to finish a guy like Connor, though. So, I mean, you, you could see something that looks like the Chad Mendes fight again. Remember Maybe. the fight? I yeah. mean, that big win, good win. But that first round wasn't the greatest for Connor, but he knew he could get through it. And once he did, it was game over. He's like, I took your best shot. So second round, Connor, is my guess. Because I, I think, uh, my guess is I think a much more competitive fight, meaning like one that might go the distance, is Ferguson Pettis as the co-main. I think that could, you know, that could go all three rounds. See, I, I, I would normally agree with you. I feel like Tony Ferguson is going to be on a mission, <laughs> and this is going to be done quick. It might, and be. I really like Anthony Pettis. I just feel like, I don't know. There's some. There's a. There's a vibe I'm getting from this. The, the, I and nobody's talking about him that much, just because of everything that went down and how it happened. Man, the the few times I've seen this dude, this vibe that Tony Ferguson has, it's it's almost darker. Would you agree? Oh, he's certainly turned dark. I mean, if you've seen any of his interviews, I know people on Twitter are making fun of him because that's the thing to do, right? Um, like someone who was calling him the I like turtles boy growing mm -hmm. up because he's he sounds a little insane. But you guys got to imagine if you've given everything up in your life to become a fighter, you built your own gym with your own bare hands as training for one of these fights. Right. Okay, this is what Tony Ferguson did. You invite guys like Eddie Bravo, who's your jiu-jitsu coach, up to this thing that you built. You leave your family four months at a time mm -hmm. for this thing. And in some crazy freak accident, you trip and blow your ACL out and lose your title fight that your competitor wins by beating a real estate agent and then gets catapulted into a fight with Conor McGregor that might do three million pay-per-view buys. You can imagine... And you're sitting on that undercard. You're sitting on the card, but you're not getting that point. You can imagine you might be a little dark. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think this is going to be a tough fight for Anthony Pettis. I think that fight could actually be over quick. I mean, if, I think Tony Ferguson's got something to prove, and it could be very interesting uh, to see what his mindset is going into this fight. Any other notables on this card you want to talk about? Uh, I, you know... I would say uh, those are obviously the two big notables. Mm -hmm. um, let me pull up the card so I can make sure. The official I'm, card. I'm speaking. Brought to you by Way of the Warrior. Well, because you have Sean O'Malley that was taken off the card for a um, uh, PED violation. Um, yeah, I didn't care. I, yeah, well, why like, you? Oh no, Sean why O'Malley's you, off the card. Why you? Well, why you should care, and we don't need to go back down this rabbit hole. We'll do this at a later time. Why you should care is because he's rumored to be the person that John Jones snitched on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. Uh, you have OSP and Dominic Reyes at uh, light heavyweight. Derek Lewis fighting Khabib's uh, training partner, Alexander Volkov, and Waterson. Oh, that's right. I forgot about you that. Know, and Waterson and Felice Herrig. Um, I mean, I, I think that'll be Derek fun. Lewis should be fun to watch. Uh, Waterson I mean, will be fun really to watch. Nobody really picked him against uh, Nganu, and he just, he, you know. Yes. He, he beat him up. I, you know, I think probably the one that I would have the hardest time picking 
is OSP and Reyes. Reyes is undefeated at light heavyweight, but OSP is one of these guys that just shows up and gives people problems. And remember, he's like, what, the only guy in UFC history to to have this crazy, bizarre submission finish three times? Hmm. I mean, let's look up Ovin St. Pru. You're looking. Because I forget what. (laughs) Eric's grabbing his phone. (laughs) Yeah, so he's done the Von Von Floof choke three times. Which has been pulled off. People would try to defend that. So, Von Flew <laughs> choke that comes from Jason Von Flew, tough alum. Obviously, Jason Von Flew achieved it once in the octagon. Mm-hmm. Ovin St. Pru has achieved it three times in the octagon. It's been achieved in the UFC, guess how many times? Four. Yes, four times. So, when, it, did, when is the OSP choke? Do you get to steal it? I don't think he gets to steal it. But but the, my point being, he's a hard guy to bet against, even with an undefeated fire like Reyes, because he's able to do this thing that is insane, um, and most people don't know how to defend it, which is why he gets to pull it off when he gets in those positions. So a great card. You can follow along on Twitter and Facebook by searching Wow Show. That is Ken Evans. I am Eric Hulkren, and this is Way of the Warrior.